Hey, you guys. Good evening. It is another episode of She Say, He Say. This is your girl, underscore, as told by Ashley. You can follow me. As you know, we also have our own Instagram page, underscore, She Say, He Say. Feel free to reach out and check that out. I'm going to let everyone introduce themselves, and we have a guest tonight as well, and I'm going to let him introduce himself also. So if everybody wants to get to uh, letting the listeners know who you are, what you do, what you bring to the table, whatever the case may be. I'm Ashley, the plus size model of the group. I am about women empowerment and um, body positivity. Hey, this is Dawn, Thoughts with Plus Size Cutie on Instagram. You can go to my page for body positivity as well as just humorous memes. Yeah, this is your boy, Original Knockoff. Uh, you can also catch me on IG. Uh, I'm all about uh, black empowerment. I'm all about building black wealth. So if you want to catch me, definitely catch me at the Spot Talks on YouTube. Peace, peace. Um, I'm Donovan. Uh, some know me as Dino. Some know me as Dino. I do a little bit of anything. A little music, a little comedy, a little acting, a little model. Um, peace. Uh, thanks for inviting me on the show today. And thank you so much for joining the show. So, we've been talking about a lot of different things, you guys. I know we haven't been on here in a minute. There's a few of us here, um, more than a few. There's five of us tonight. So, we're going to try and make sure everybody gets their uh, opinions in. You know, it might get a little rowdy. It might not uh, bear with us. But uh, something happened earlier this week, and so it... It made me think about, you know, where we're at and the times that we're in. It's very, like, high racial divides that are being pushed, that agenda. I don't necessarily think it's being accomplished, but I was looking at a post online, and it was of Terry Crews and his wife. Now, most people, if I'm correct, know that Terry Crews' wife is white, and I 100% approve. And I was like, yo, that's so dope. I love how they were together. Um, so on and so forth. But then I thought to myself, I was like, why is that acceptable to me? But then to see another actor, um, and their wife, it's like, uh, and it's like, am I selectively picking what couples I quote approve of interracially? And what is that internally? Why is that occurring? So, um, I'm just going to kind of step back, let whoever wants to take the floor. But, you know, I did want to bring up the subject of selective interracial approval when it comes to people in society and what they're seeing and, and you know, okaying. Well, first, first, I wanted to say that uh, I do believe uh, Terry Cruz's wife is black. Uh, she's very light complexed. But if you look at the show that they have on TV, where it's about couples and love and things of that nature on uh, Oprah Winfrey's station, and you listen to her talk and you hear their story and you see her pictures, you can definitely tell she, you know, somebody in her family is a icon. So she's definitely just very light complected. So I do think she's, she's, she's black. However, I do agree that upon initially uh, seeing that particular relationship, that just from just from looking at it, I automatically assumed that she was a white woman as well. But uh, as far as it being selective, so you, you're saying to you, 
Terry and his wife, you saw that relationship. It was magic to you and you thought it was a good thing, right? Yeah. So it's like, you look at something like Terry, uh, Terry Cruz and you're like, uh, okay, they're nice together. They compliment each other. And you know, it's almost as if you can look past the color, but then you look at something like Amari Hardwick and his wife and you're like, "Mm, that's supposed to be ghost. You know, it's a very different uh, dynamic. So, I, I don't know. I mean, let me ask you this: Do you find Terry Crews to be very attractive? No. No. Do you find Amari Hardwick to be attractive? I used to. Okay, that's probably why. So, I mean, think about what you just said. You saw a man who you did not find attractive, uh, with with what you deem to be a white woman, and yeah, so what? I hope they're happy. And then you see a man who you did think was very attractive, and you saw him with a white woman, and it pushed it kind of pushed the button. Essentially, that's what it is. So you look at this white woman and say, oh, you got Terry Crews. Thank you for taking him off of our hands. Right? No. And Amari, <laughs> Amari Hardwick, and on the other hand, he shouldn't be with no white chick. You know, blah, 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 blah. So I think in that particular case, just based on what you said, I think that may be uh, what's happening in that, that particular dynamic right there. But, now, can I like, intercede real quick? I'm sorry. Sure. Because we can't really say it like that because I feel like I'm not a big fan of Jordan Peele and his white woman. Like, matter of fact, I'm feeling I kind of was, until he broke it down, I was kind of offended because, like, you come out with this movie mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of watch, <laughs> you know, watch the, the other race and then you, you're whole married to the other race. But, I mean, that was the whole of him making the movie so called like I don't know but I and he's not attractive I think that's what it is I think that when it comes to celebrity status not even on a day to day basis but what's put in front of our faces the agenda you push for for the money that you'll receive and receiving funding and things such as if it's a movie or something it's like don't push a certain agenda if you don't abide by it in your day to day life Does that make sense? I get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, it's, and then the other piece of that is, uh, it's your environment. It's, it's who you're around. It's who you see every day. It's, it's, it's who you build relationships with, you know, just being 100% honest. I don't know the path that, you know, either of those gentlemen walk. You know, I, I do know Mari went to Georgia. You know, uh, I do know Mari played football at Georgia. I do know that he went to a school that was predominantly uh, white. You know, so I don't know what his path was, right? So it, it's really hard for me to say. You know, I've, I've taken my children. I grew up uh, in a predominantly black neighborhood. However, the high school I went to was 60% uh, Latino, right? But I've, I've taken my children as I've grown up and, you know, begin to raise a family. I've taken my children and put them in a community that uh, is predominantly white, right? And they go, they go to school with a lot of white children. And my, my little seven-year-old, you know, when we take her home, you know, she gets accused of talking white and things of those natures. And everybody on this on this uh, call knows that, know that, know that the whole talking white thing is nonsense, right? Yeah, it's I was just about to ask you a definition of what, I was definitely about to ask yeah, what the definition of talking white is. Yeah, it's something exactly. I was accused of for exactly. my entire life because I've always grown up in suburbs. And it's almost an insult as if to say that because I'm black. Can we give our perception of the definition of what talking white is? What is that? 
it pretty and much is an insult to black people saying like, that if you talk with an educated tone, that that means that you're uh-huh. that you're attempting to be a different race, as if black people cannot have a a you know a long vernacular and are not capable of forming cohesive sentences or having an educated uh-huh. thought. So it's like exactly. if you're using broken slang, then all of a sudden and you're I, talking like a different race. And I, I totally agree, and that that's why I always challenge that like. Uh, talking, um, talking white, um, the whole white music, right? Because I grew up, um, I grew up in the projects, right? And Marshall right. projects, um, and Jay Z, right? Rapping and the whole hip hop situation, but I always was very uh, eclectic with my music, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the, the first thing, if I'm listening to Lincoln Park, I might be like, you listening to that white boy. But then now, historically, if you do the studies, Chuck Barry, the godfathers of it, look like me. So now, mm-hmm. what are right. we talking about? Like, it's, it's, so these, these, these words are like, just ignorance. You don't know enough when you exactly. speak like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, we live in a society that tries to put us in a box, right? I mean, let's be yeah. honest. When the reality of it is, we're many facets. We come from different walks of life. We all have different experiences, right? So, it all, it, 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 it takes me back to what I'm saying about, you know, who you choose to fall in love with. You know, um, I, I I can remember my son. He went to a homecoming. He went to two homecomings. The first set of homecoming pictures I posted was with his his, his first date, who happened to be a black girl. And I mean, I got comments, you know, out of the wazoo on those, you know. But then his second homecoming date happened to be with a white girl, and not that many comments. And the comments I did get had to go to my DM. You see what I'm saying? So. We, we like, and once again, that's that, that selective, you know, uh-huh. uh, a, a view of, of an interracial, you know, relationship. But I guess the reality of it is, is um, I think, I honestly think if, if in fact we want to make a case for, you know, why is a black woman not good enough or why is a black man not good enough, I kind of think that collectively as a group, and I'm probably going to get y'all stirred up with this, but I really think collectively as a group, there's some things that we need to look at. And then there's some things that, that we need to adjust and some things that we need to work on as a group. And then at that, and then at that point, once we work those to work on those things and work those things out, I think we'll be able to then be able to say, why is it that I'm not good enough? But at this point, the reality of it is, is Amari probably just, you know, being a, being an artist, being an actor, being an artist in theater, he spent most of his time probably with white women. Well, no, Whereas in Omari Harwick, sorry to interrupt, but in Omari Harwick's situation, he was with he the wife that he has was actually with him on his down moments. So when he was in struggle okay. mode, she was writing for him and with him. And so when he got oh, up, okay. he took her with him regardless of what others would think. So that was his situation. I know his story. You know, I don't I don't look so harshly, but, you know, and I do just want to... How did I, they meet? I don't remember. I mean, how did their paths cross? I don't remember, but he was, like, on struggle, struggle mode. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, and, and that right there, that's, that's, that supersedes color. That's not color. Exactly. I mean, I think most men... Yeah, most men is going to be with that woman that's ride or die, right? That that woman who, you know, when everybody else turned me back, she was right there. But I found you that know, very she, interesting, she, which is a different subject matter, I guess, we could take on later. Because someone told me they they asked their girl to be their girl because when he was down, 
she helped him financially and he felt like he owed it to her, which I thought was interesting. But in this situation here, you know, yeah, everybody has their story. But, you know, when we're looking at a couple, we're looking on the first layer. We don't know the details. It doesn't come with a with a resume of how they met and things. And so, you know, the frustrating thing, because I don't look at interracial relationships in any kind of extreme extremities. I have friends who are in interracial relationships, whether it be black men or black women. But um, for me personally, there are too often moments in which relationships stem from someone's dislike within themselves. And I don't like when that occurs because of past traumas that you had as a child. You know, you always get the guy saying, oh, that, that's, that, was, the, that was the slack that Kodak Black took, right? He didn't want dark-skinned babies. Everyone got mad about that statement, but no one knows his past traumas. You know, so I think it definitely varies. I mean, I don't know if anybody else wants to say something. No, I I, I, I mean, I feel like it really just depends on how you grew up. Like, you say, it on what area you grew up in. And it depends on other stuff and the factors, too. Like, I myself, I mean, I date black men mostly. I've dated white guys very rarely, but for the most part, going through, like, high school and even early college, white men didn't like me. They weren't interested in me. To them, I was fat. They weren't interested in me at all. But black men liked me, so I tended to date what liked me. So it became a thing like that, not necessarily picking off a color, but that's what was interested in me. Those were my options. Got it. So so then let me ask you, though. It, so then that, that it, it begs the question as to uh, your your like of black men. Is that is that genuine, right? In other words, if, you know, the, the white guys would have found you more attractive in high school, would you gravitate it? And, and we, and I know, of course, the state okay. you grew up in, you know, you might as well call that Mississippi. But <laughs> you might as well. Is, <laughs> the question is, is would you have had, had gravitated more towards white guys if they would have paid you more attention? Okay, I'll give you two different answers. Because when you're younger, you're figuring out what you like, period. You know, you're kind of more open to different options when you're younger. So I was with, you know, whoever I just happened to find attractive at that point. But okay. older me, going off of, based off my conversations and relationships that I've had with people, I have to say that I do gravitate more towards black men. I do. There's something in a personality towards me, because, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. I don't want to sit here. I'm going to sound so racist against my own people. Um, <laughs> it's just, like, I don't know. White men feel like we, I don't know, like, they're owed something. I don't... I'm trying to figure out a nice way to say that, but they just, I don't know. They feel like they're entitled to a lot of things more so than I feel like other races are. And I find that very unattractive. That whole cocky, you, you owe me something kind of thing. I don't like that at all. Is, and I, is I feel that way if it comes to a black man too. Is, is that kind of saying that we're sense of entitlement, maybe? Yeah. I was like, they feel like they're yeah. entitled to get something. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I was like, but I feel the same way if I get that from a black man too, but I don't like that. I, but I do feel like I get that more sense from white men as opposed to black men. But it's just personality and who I've happened to vibe with, vibe with at the time. I mean, I, I don't think race really white matters. Men are trying to exercise their privilege over women. That makes sense. Uh huh. You know, I think that majority of the women that stood out there with those pink vagina hats on voted for Trump. Uh huh. I was trying to find a way to avoid this getting political, but yeah, you, yeah. You, you you get where that comes from. Yeah. 
So I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't want those. I'm good. <laughs> they feel like we're property and that kind of thing too. I don't like it. Yeah, that's um, that's a lot of um, other races they they feel are deemed women as property. But mm-hmm. like, I, the only way that I can even speak on the difference is I have a child, my 16 year old. She's older, um, and I'm watching her grow up, and I realize that she is so open um, with herself, which I kind of um, envy in a sense. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm gradually learning her. Um, but she also, like Mike said, went on to homecoming. And her boyfriend is actually a young, half and half young man. He's not all black. He's not all white. He's half and half. His dad's white. His mom's black. And the guy that she went to um, homecoming with is a young white boy. And, you know, the same with me. I posted up her pictures and I'm like, oh, I didn't know her boyfriend was a white boy and da 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 da. And I'm like, well, I didn't know we were supposed to broadcast who yeah. she was dating. I, you know, I didn't know that was a thing, but okay. And I was like, and at the end of the day, she's not dating him. That's one of her friends. But the fact that I had to have that conversation with my family, every single one of them yeah. was kind of, wow, really? This is how we get down? I was like, um, I didn't know this was a, about to be an issue. Like, and then just like I said, at the end of the day, her her boyfriend is not a white boy. Like, so y'all don't even know what's going on. Like, stop with the you know automatically judging, and that's that's what we all as a whole, not black, not white, but as a whole, we need to learn how to step back and just look at people. Like, and that's what I'm, that's why I say I envy my daughter because what she does is she looks at people. She falls in love yes. with who loves her. And well, racism is definitely taught. That was something we all got taught later. We didn't start off looking at things like that. Of course not. It gets pushed in front of us. Um, uh-huh. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to get likes for this. I think that I agree in every sense of the manner, but it's time for black people to take as much pride in their culture and preserving culture and ethnicity as any other race gets an opportunity to do. It seems as though we get the whip on the hand the minute we say we want our children with someone that looks like them, but any other race can say that. Families will literally plan for their children to be with someone that looks just like them from birth and never catch any slack about it. Jewish people don't catch slack. Indians don't catch slack. Africans don't catch slack. But let a black person in America say something like that and all of a sudden we're monsters for wanting to be able to have pride in what we've uh, ascertained and work towards thus far that we still have so much further to get to. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And, um, but I, I, I truly know why, though. And it's something that I studied for years watching, and then you have to study the history, right? Most of our people don't truly know who we are, right? And and I mean that in the fullest. We, we use the word black people. I don't I don't personally call myself that because I, I studied the history, right? I, I, I use the word brown. I associate, I always associate with that color. And it's not about hatred of self. No, it's about that word. It means a lot more than what we think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, on the surface, like our people was like programming, just as racism is programming. The uh, the nation, the way we call ourselves and represent ourselves, that's programming too. Mm-hmm. My mother didn't notice. My grandmother didn't notice. You know what I'm saying? So you have to historically do the history 
and most of our people don't know who we are. And that's foreigners. Well, we don't know. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's a, such a situation where it's like, yeah, everybody's building their nation because they know what it is. Like, every, it, 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 it's kind of a scary situation. It's, it's deep. It's, this is a deep topic. I don't, I don't know if we want to go this deep because a lot of people don't really want to touch these realms. And it's, it's, it's not about hatred at all. It's about loving this is the point of these conversations is to take it this deep to get to, to the nitty gritty of things that's why we do like yeah i mean and i second i second what i second what he's saying on that uh i'm i'm, I'm me and my daughter right now are currently reading the book uh the people's history uh of the united states right and it, it basically just breaks down uh the history of the u.s from everyone else's point of view uh, as opposed to the, the white settlers, right? Uh, and it starts with Columbus and the West Indies, and it just breaks everything down. And it, he, he takes he takes maybe two to three minutes time just to just to pull the word black, right? Before before Europeans uh, set foot on the continent of Africa, the word black was negative, right? And he breaks down the definition of black right so i totally agree with and, and and a light came on when he said that right because what what he what he's basically saying is associating yourself with a word that in our language we, we speak english let's be honest but you're, you're associating yourself with a word that has nothing but negative connotation period from its very origin origin from its very origin but it's very so that, that that's huge it's very calculated as well because you see in the country that we live in our society they put labels to be able to decide the hierarchy that you have on a pyramid of success of importance especially importance and so a lot of times people they take that especially and even in interracial dating they see that as how can i go up that higher you know how can i go up that ladder of importance so that i can be seen as as so i can be seen as as this as that of of importance of significance because if you don't if you don't live in your truth you don't know who you are you're going to constantly be seeking that out through what society tells you makes you uh, relevant. You're changing your narrative regular to, regularly to fit the mold that society is saying you should be. And that's called a trend. Trends yeah, fade out. That, and, and that, like you said, society, that, that's like more like white supremacy. That's still more white supremacy. And um, really, that's like why a lot of foreigners come to this country and they, they take the status quo. They take the status quo of like um, basically what is what is going on. We're gonna continue that trend, and I say that as when they get to the country, we don't deal with the the so called black person, the African American. They're bad on TV. Mm-hmm. They're always yeah. in a in a position of criminal, right? Always the news is displaying them to be doing something bad or mm-hmm. or in a in a in a law unlawful manner they they they're rude it's so many like stereotypes right and and honestly when you talk to them it's, it's scary because i swear when you talk to foreigners it's two different conversations they'll give you they'll give you the 
the African-American conversation you don't know yourself. And then if you tell them, yo, I know myself and all that, they'll give you a whole nother set of conversation. It is almost scary. But they have programmed themselves to adjust to the ignorance of the land. And I get it. I get it. They didn't come in for the liberation of the people. No, they came in to get their money. Okay? I had a friend. She is an islander. And I remember I lost it on her years ago because she, un- ignorantly, she didn't know any better. But she said, you know, this is why if I get the money, I'm going to move my children into a white neighborhood so that they have a better chance at life. And I said, I flipped. I flipped. I said, so you're saying that you can't be in a well-to-do black community because they're black people and not white. But if you go into this white community, you they're not going to look at you and go, oh, no, you're the islander. It's different. But she didn't understand. I said, you know, when you stepped in here, nobody looked to check to see if you spoke another language or if you were trilingual or bilingual. They saw your skin. They labeled you the end. This is where you wanted to be. This is what you faced. You cannot separate yourself from that reality, but, you know, by putting your nose up to those who are already here. It's not how it works. You're, you're, you're 100% right. I totally agree with that. But let me ask you this, just from a different perspective, right? So you, you, you and I both know there's some things within the, uh, the certain African-American communities, communities because uh, living down here in Georgia and in Atlanta, they're very affluent African-American communities. So I mm-hmm. will not say that the, you know, the hood, which is of course definitely where I grew up is, is the black community. Right. But what do you say to a person in that community who, you know, you were born there, you were raised there and you definitely realize that there's a difference on the other side of the tracks. You realize that the kids get a better education over there. You realize that there's, you know, the likelihood of your child being shot, murdered, maybe a little bit less over there, maybe, you know, a little bit less, over there, right? There may be more opportunity over there. The the likelihood of your child being being murdered in the street on the way home from school because of gun violence or what have you is is maybe a little bit less over there. And I and I'm I totally get let's change the community as opposed to leave the community, right? But you and I both know you got 18 years to raise this child mm-hmm. and to get this child where this child needs to be. Can you effectively change your environment in that time period? Now, I'm not saying we should abandon our communities. I'm not saying that at all. But what do you say to that parent who right now in this moment wants to give their child a head start with a better education, better opportunity, uh, a lot less post-traumatic stress because they don't hear gunshots every night. They don't hear ambulances and police calls every night, right? What do you tell that parent because they want to make that that move now while still being able to reach back to their community? I want to chime in as being a mother of five. Like, I put it this way. There are many, many affluent black or African-American communities that you can take your children to but these things are not happening like there's so many like I was a a show I used to watch it was um, uh, Housewives of Potomac I don't know if anybody's watched that or seen it before but it was a a great deal of black women and men I feel like they only got one episode because none of them were ratchet if I'm correct 
They only got like Not one season. Right. They they undercover ratchet. They undercover undercover right. ratchet. But, but yeah, they're, they're, that's an they affluent community. But it's an community. Of black people that have raised that are raising their children just fine, and they're giving them that opportunity, and they're doing every single thing. And matter of fact, it's even better to find that kind of neighborhood. I mean, granted, you know they they got their stereotypes too. They start to judge their own kind, but at the same time. Um, you give your child that opportunity and you don't and now you don't have to also worry about that one or two that secretly hate you know the african-american community that might want to shoot your child just because they're african-american you know you don't have to worry about that either you know and then like you get to find that on that side they these people are in the they're making money good money on a regular basis and they're doing it in within their community and we need to that's why i keep on saying I, I really feel like we need to get back into um centering ourselves and taking the knowledge that we know the things we grew up on and we need to start putting back into our communities to change them all around so that they can provide a better and more structure because right now with the caucasian or white man is doing or white supremacy is doing is they're going to continue to try to keep all these communities down. They're going to continue to bring violence there. They're going to continue to shut down businesses and shut down this and that because we are so against supporting each other. It makes it so easy. It's true. And I, and you know, real quick, cause I don't want to, I don't want to overpower, but when it comes to, you know, that statement for me was based off of your wealth. You know, we, we all come from different situations, but we're based, we're, I'm basing this off of if given the ability to have the financial means, where would you move to? And I think that there's a big difference between, um, you know, being a part of someone else's culture and then, uh, you know, soaking in their culture like a sponge and there's a big difference so it's like i can have my piece of the pie you can have your piece of the pie and we can learn each other's cultures and personalities and still you know live peacefully without me feeling like i have to prove something to you to feel accepted in your culture you know i'm i know how to embrace my own and love you for yours as well Right, and, and you know what else? As, I think I think we as a as a as a community as a people have to stop thinking that there's something we need to compromise about ourselves internally in order to be accepted by other people that don't look like us. You know what else I have to say? Unfortunately, like I don't 100 percent agree with the statement you just said, and this is why. Because um, matter of fact, one of my friends she just put on Facebook the other day that her she was standing in the elevator with herself um an older white lady and a younger black girl and she said the younger black girl was on her phone like oh girl yeah i just got 500 dollars worth of food stamps i can't wait to get out of um, work today i can't wait and the white lady turned to her and was like wouldn't that make you want to stay here at work and she was just like and the black girl looked at her like jesus like what do you mean but we have to kind of change our trajectory. Like, I don't think that's a color thing. I think that was just a stupidity thing. But the thing is, that's the color part comes in when that's what they see. That's what these right. That's that's the yeah, kind no, of person I, I they see. That's, that's what they turn it to. They turn it on all of us because that's the kind of person that they see us. That that one yeah. chick 
to us that was stupidity. We got the the gif, but that's what they're saying. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of the brush they paint us with, right? You know, when you talk talk about some of the uh, entitlement initiatives that are that are out there, one of the first things they want to holler is welfare and. Food well, statistically you speaking, know, actually, there's more white women, white people that yeah, are on exactly, food stamps exactly. and all these exactly. other things than African American or any other race. It's exactly. actually more white people, but no one pays exactly. attention to that. Nobody no one speaks on that. Actually, does the I'm research? They don't do the research. They just assume because that's, that's what's portrayed in society. Exactly. No, you have to understand, right? That if the status quo is white people are the majority. Right, which is not. But true. that's not true. And look, look, but it's the status quo, and that's what people come. That's what the news is. That's what TV is talking every day. This is what you grew up thinking if you believe the bullshit, yeah. right? So, right. Um, excuse me, um, pardon me, um, but and and with understanding that they have to keep up this rhetoric. So if they spoke about that the majority is on food stamps, then what would that say about your country? You know what I'm saying? So it would it would destroy the whole fabric. Well, of, it's the whole stereotype that white people are superior. That's what this is going about to I, prove that they're better I, than somebody else in other races. That's why it's totally out there. That's why the media controls how everything is viewed. That's why it's viewed as white people are a majority when it is not true. We are actually diminishing because yeah. of mixed races and everything else too. Like there's not as many white people as there used to be. Yeah. There's but not. Honest, the, the, numbers, the numbers have always truly been falsified because yeah, it's been a, like, but even like, more so yeah, now because it's okay to be with other races now as opposed to several years back where it wasn't. Mixed people were looked at as being a problem more so than it is now. It's about to be a whole mix. Uh, yeah. Look, my baby's been called a mud and everything. My daughter's been called They're doing men and, men and men and women and women. They're not pushing y'all white, black, or gender no more. Now mm-hmm. What is it that you were saying, Donovan? You're sleeping with a woman now and you sleeping with a man now. That's what, what, is what is it that you were saying, Donovan? No, I just, I, man, it's just, it's a big situation of, as, like, I wanted to piggyback off of what, um, as you had spoke about the, 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 like, people not loving themselves for having to feel like they have to be something they're not, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the truth, right? Can, can the spider be the butterfly? No, no, right? Like, can the fish climb a tree? No, they're not made to do these things. And I think that when we understand in the nations, and understand you're born of a certain nation for a reason and love each other for our differences, how can we love each other together? Because everybody, like, you see it, that we're different, so why not talk about it and, like, let's love each other for it, right? I think the whole the whole concept of the whole, oh, we're the same because we bleed, it kind of blown out of proportion, and then the differences uh, secretly boiling behind certain people's minds, and then they, they start, they, they hate, it, it, it develops hate because... It's clearly something different, and and nobody's gonna talk about it on the surface, but they're gonna play the game like it, and it sucks because it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for us by by masking it, you know. Exactly, and and I'm I'm a really I'm a I'm a really explain some of you guys if you guys did not know, you, you guys need to know that the, the the racism that we experience in this country is truly. Uh, it's 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 created by the powers that be. Uh, once again, I, I was just telling you guys that I was reading the book, and he began to speak about uh, African Americans and uh, uh, the the white servants 
because there were white servants. We'll call them servants. They weren't quite slaves. They were indentured. But they, they, he spoke about how they, they had, they were community. They were community together. They would, uh, they would even uprise together. There have been some uprisings where you had blacks and whites fighting together, right? So he he breaks down how systematically the powers that be in this country to control the masses put enmity between poor blacks and poor whites, right? That's how they begin to control the numbers, because what what happened is is like you guys have been saying, you had far in a lot of states. One of the states he broke down was I think South Carolina. You had twenty five thousand white people, and you had over a hundred thousand. You had uh, sixty thousand blacks, and you had over forty thousand Indians. Right. So they began to create laws that would put blacks and Indian against each other to keep them from uprising. Right. So when they would create treaties with the Indian tribes. They would create treaties contingent upon them returning any runaway slaves, right? That's just for an example. So racism as we know it today was actually something created mm-hmm. uh, by the powers that be to keep us to, to keep us focused on hating each other, right? And our eye and our minds off of the real the real ills, shall I say, the real ills of this particular country. So that's one of the things that we all need to be aware of yeah. is that, you know, racism is, has been manufactured in this country for a very long time. You know, but now now this is no longer the United States of America. This is the United States. Thus, it is now a business. And with anything that's a business, you have to push a certain product. You have to push something for it in order for it to be, you know, continuously manifest. And so now it seems as though, especially at a heightened time such as this, thanks to the good old Cheeto man, um, you know, what's happening now is that racism is as much a trend as cultural appropriation is as much a trend, you know, it's like people are being boxed and categorized and it's, it's a little disturbing to watch play out because everybody has had closet racism in their life. You know, one of the things I used to hear sometimes growing up was I'm not one of them white people across the street. I'll knock you out. Well, that doesn't have shit to do with anything. I don't know what you're talking about. They could be tearing their kids up. You know what I mean? How does the color of their skin, you know, equate to the ability to, to discipline their children. That sounds extremely ignorant, you know, but it feeds a certain narrative in your head that was the, that was fed in their head and those before them, so on and so forth, where now you start to view someone else differently because of what you, uh, I don't want to use the word brainwash, but what you, what, what you're taught. You know? Well, hey, people, people live life through their experiences, right? So if you only living in the hood and going through the hood, you only went to school in the hood, you only chilling in the hood, you only you don't be in the hood, and guess what? You only know the hood. So whatever the hood say and told you is what you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the sad thing. That's what sucks. Like I said, I'm from the projects, right? So I, I totally understand the, the that mindset. I don't agree with it, but I understand it, right? Like I've been around it enough, long enough to, to get it, the boxing mentality, right? So... 
So by this point, with everything going on and how, and I, I respect, you know, the fact that I think maybe sometimes people think that, I know I've seen the stupidest statement of racism will stop if all of our kids become mixed. Well, you know, if they're still hanging out with KKK pop-pop, that doesn't change. But what my question is then, does that then with all of the um, mixing of of cultures and races and all those things, does that then diminish the, what, (laughs) what us black people love to use, the culture vulture view of society? Does that now all of a sudden mean that that's something, you know, here right now, you know, do you feel like that's a word that cannot really be used anymore going forward, considering all the changes that are happening right now in this country? Um, yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's weird, because it's like, what's your perception of the word cultural? Yeah? Like, um, how, how are we going to break that word there? Like, like it, it, it's, it's weird. It's like, some people... Because certain things are so blatant, is it not cultural vulture? It's so, it's so, some, and then some of it is like, all right, you're reaching, like, you know? Like, so it, it, I guess it all depends on your perception of the word. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just, I don't feel that, eh, I don't, I don't really don't feel that we can even use that word anymore. I mean, in the respect that, you know, living in this country, we all feeding off of each other's culture, so mm-hmm. to speak, right? I mean, it, it was culture, it was culture to, you know, murder African Americans, right? It's culture. Uh, we've seen situations where they used to give hunting licenses in certain states to be able to hunt African Americans, right? So it's been culture in this country to hunt and kill African Americans, right? We do the exact same thing to our own people daily, right? We we have part we we partake of that particular culture every day. You know, now there's different there's there's different social reasons as to why. But I was just about to say that, that. Oh my God, brother, you took the words right out of my head because I was just about to ask you why. Yeah, I mean, there's different there's different reasons as to why we do it, but we still it's still okay. Black murder in this country has always been approved. It's, it's always had a standard of approval. Because you're killing two birds. It's always had a standard of approval. So, so we partake in that culture. And you're putting another one for free labor. But again, who is, who, who is it approved by? And why? Like, again, is it, what, is it approved by white America? Of course. Because we're the majority. So getting the majority out of here, you wouldn't want that, right? But is it approved by the mother who is lost her son? Is it approved by the friend? Is it approved by the neighbor? Is it approved by that shit happened in my hood? That shit is crazy. And who is it really approved by? Here's what I think, honestly. It's 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 approved by everyone who doesn't take a stand and say anything. No, I feel as though... Do anything. I feel as though the ones who are orchestrating it and the ones who are approving it, what we have to realize is that color is a poor man's war. I agree. So therefore, when you get to a certain status quo of money, that gives you a level of power 
And then color is a very minute thing because money talks way more than the pigment in your skin. And so that being the case, the people that are higher up are, or like, like Mike said, they orchestrate a lot of things, including murder, including, you know, drug trafficking, sex trafficking, organ trafficking, you know, the whole let's build a wall, all of, all of those distractions that occur. Those are things that are, that are being orchestrated in a cycle that's continue. It's like a wheel that's constantly being spun by a specific hamster. We're on the wheel. We're not the hamster. That's a big ass hamster, right? We don't have the ability to make those power moves, which is why it's that much harder to make those changes. Because as soon as there's too much change happening, they will strike that down very fast. And so, like I said, the race thing, all of that, that that's a poor man's that's a poor man's war. So once you're up there, your color doesn't matter, you orchestrate that. You see, I think that the word orchestration or an orchestra being as though I was in a band, you know, that I played an instrument, that can you each one you have a specific paper and it's all going to come together to make one sound, but someone had to create that entire song and break apart each part that then comes together cohesively. Right. And so that means that they were the ones that hold the power. And just like when they're like, black people can't be racist. Well, why can't black people be racist? Because we don't have the ability for our words to make a change. We cannot say we orchestrate anything. if We don't have the ability to make those changes in vast amount. So in other words, we cannot impose our will. <laughs> I mean, it's basically what you say. Like you can, you, you know, can control uh, yourself. We can't be racist, but we could be black supremacist. What? We could be black yeah, supremacist. You can't can do that. You can't do that. that. Be a black supremacist because I think yes. I think like a lot of the conscious movement has become black supremacy, and it is retarded and ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, 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 and it doesn't help anything. Super fascist, but. It doesn't solve anything. Back then, when Black Panthers were created, they didn't say, oh, WIC is only for Black people. You get what I'm saying? WIC is for women, infant, children of any color. And so we're getting... People are trying to fight fire with fire, but sometimes you just need a bucket of water and you can put that bitch out. So let me let me ask this, though, before, before, we, before we wrap up on, on this. I think it's important that we kind of speak on a solution, right? So it just, you know, kind of round robin, I mean, everybody, what what do you see, you know, that could be just one or two things that we could do that can begin to maybe turn things around for the next generation to change mm-hmm. things? Good question. All right, so I'll start. Um, what you can do that'll turn things around for the next generation, I'm going to say this. And it, it's something that said biblically, biblically, my apologies. You speak life and you speak death with your mouth. So you see a lot of the traumas that we've experienced as kids was based off of what was put into our ears. And so when you're speaking a certain narrative over a child, then you can, you have the ability to change the entire dynamic of their life. So I think one of the, cheapest, freest ways of fixing a lot of the issues is what you say. And Interestingly enough, and then I'm going to shut up, that's what Oprah Winfrey said. She remembers the first person that ever called her beautiful and important. Words have power. 
They have the power to build you up and they have the power to break you down. And if we're using our words for the next generation, then we're in a good place if we're using the right words to speak the, the, the necessary narrative to ensure that our future and our children's 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 future is guaranteed and in safe hands. Okay. Nice. Anybody else? That it? The girl fell asleep. No, 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 you got something. What you got? <laughs> now, I got a, I got a little, my, my solution to the situation would be, uh, number one, it starts from home. Right? Uh, programming your children to know who they are. First, you have to know who you are. You can't give something to your children that you don't have, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't know who you are, you can't give it to your children. And my mother didn't know who she was. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I made it my business to know who I am. So my son is going to know who we are as a nation. And I think knowing who you are first allows you to step into this world and not be affected by what the trend is, right? Like, I look at so much shit and I laugh at it because it's trending. Because it, it comes today and goes tomorrow. And I just would never take part in it. It almost just passes me by. It's scary. It's almost like holidays now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, like I have to be reminded of it. Because I'm not affected. I, I know who I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm real comfortable in my skin. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think it starts from home and, and loving who you are, knowing who you are. And then you can go into the world and learn anything else. And, and, and take the good or leave the bad, you know? Mm. That's my surprise. Well, I kind of think my thoughts. My thoughts on it is, uh, and and I, I second everything that you guys said because it does start at home. But I definitely want to say, you know, and, and this is definitely like to my sister Don, who's on the phone, who's a Caucasian sister. I, I definitely want to say to you that it's all love, and really, what what's going on with us as a people is it's frustration because we want our seat at the table, right? The reality of it is, is for a long time, we've been seen as a child race. So essentially what we have to do, if we want our seat at the table, we're going to have to bootstrap ourselves. We're going to have to begin to pull ourselves up. And the only way we can do that is, is as a collective. The only way we can do that is as a collective, which means that, when Donovan sits down and he teaches his son, I sit down and I teach my son. You sit down and you teach your son and daughter. And she sits down and she teaches her son and daughters. It needs to be as a collective, right? We, we need to kind of get to the point where we're moving together, direction, you know, yeah. collectively providing the same knowledge, the same information to our children, right? So that we can then begin to build ourselves so that we can then take that seat at the table so we create a generation of children who begin to police our image in the media and they won't settle for anything less shit like the first 48 would have to be taken off the air right we 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 create a a, a generation of kids who have our own pr firms right we control our image in the media it will no longer be okay to kill a black person because the images of black people we see now are different now. Mm-hmm. They hard working. 
they fathers, they mothers, they providers, they take care of their community, they take care of their family. The images that they see of us are different. But in order to get that going, we have to begin, like you guys said, to train our children up that way and begin to move as a collective. So that's what I think. And I agree with all of y'all. Like I said, I spoke on this before. It's like, like Donovan said, it starts inside the home. Um, I pride myself on being a strong mother, like showing my children every day that I can wake up, no matter what trials and tribulations I'm going through, no matter what's happening to me, I'm not going to let the world wait on me. I'm going to get up and be productive. I'm going to get up and put a smile on my face. I'm going to get up and put a smile on their face. I'm going to make whatever I can happen to make my world still continue to go around and even though they walk outside my door i know that they're good because they're going to believe that they can do whatever they put their minds to and they're going to be the best them they can be because they know they have a mom who's going to be the best she can be and i think that anything that i portray to them is showing them more than anything that anybody on the street can ever so that's what I contribute to my my part is teaching my children that every time they walk out my door, there's another day, another dollar, another something. Always be positive because if they go out into the world with a smile on their face, always believing that positivity is everything, loving whoever loves them, then there you go. I don't I don't think you truly realize the power in what you just said, right? Because the reality of it is, is as the as the mother goes, the child goes. If we being one hundred percent honest, mm-hmm. so once again, what we need to do is we need to make sure that our women are okay. We need to make sure that our women are not dealing with the cares of the world by themselves, right? So what you said was huge. It was big, and our children should begin to see their mothers stress free, in better conditions, better situations dealing with having an opportunity to deal with better men mm-hmm. or if, if, if woman is your thing <laughs> let that be it but having the opportunity to see healthy relationships see their mothers in healthier relationships so what you said there was very powerful thank you how about you Dawn you got anything for us I agree with pretty much everything you're all say, but not to be the pessimistic one of the, all this. It's very good to be positive everything, but when you add this many people in to try to get everybody on the same page, it's a very difficult task. Yes, it is. That is a very yeah, difficult task. So while we're talking about we can start that, but that's going to be a long time coming. Look how long this has been going on to where even just interracial couples have been a thing, and yet it still seems like it's not nowhere near where it should be. It's a huge progress, and then going into like politics and the media and everything else. The biggest thing with the government is they want to keep us all separate. That's why it's still like the segregation was supposed to die, but it really didn't. Hmm. It really didn't. It just got a little better than it was, to be honest. But they want us to look at everybody as something else and view someone as being more powerful than another or whatever, because that's how they keep the power for themselves. Exactly. Because if you weren't looking at it like that, things would be way different. I agree with you, Dawn, but at the end of the day, we got to start somewhere. 
So oh, no, I'm, not I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you all on everything you're saying. I'm just giving the other right. point of view of like, it's a difficult thing to do. Like, I totally believe in positivity and all that. And everybody can do all this stuff, but it's definitely, it's, it's a it very, very two generations for everything to be perfect. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, I'm not saying that I don't agree or I'm trying to say it can never happen. I'm saying, oh, that's a lot of work, y'all. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so we start with doing our part. I say we all start with doing our part. And I pray to God all my life that this podcast continues to grow. I pray that we are able as a collective group to get out here and start working these communities. I pray that at the end of all of this, that whatever words we say, we can put into action because then we can say at the end of this all that we all we're not just talk. We all we're not just about, you know what I mean? get in on here and being a name or whatever we can actually say we put in the footwork we actually did something we actually changed some kind of trajectory because if we touch one person who knows what else we can do mm-hmm. exactly and, and, and it's a situation where again you never needed everybody to do anything mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like no because i rather i always rather go into battle with 10 lions five mm-hmm. lions than 100 sheep you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a lion. Sure. And I, I attract out the dog energy. And that sheep shit, sure. it stays far away from me because that's just who they are. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, again, I attract lions. When I walk in the room, like I feel that lion energy. Peace. I'm able to, okay, peace. And I feel that sheep energy. And I, again, I'm not a sheep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, it is just, it is what it is. I never needed anybody. To, to move or go anywhere. I've always been the friend that I put my boys on. Yo, I'm doing this, so you can't say I did it. And then I'm, I will be the one going by myself on the train, big, 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 handling my business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because you never need everybody to do everything. Okay. Like, that, that's, just, that's just how it's more effective sometimes. Like, I, I'm not even gonna lie. I grew up going to the movies by myself, right? I mean, I'm not by myself, but with a group of people or with family or whatever. But as I got older, as a teenager, I tried it by myself on a lunch break. And I was like, holy crap, this is refreshing. <laughs> you know, I'm going to movies by myself a little more. Like, you by yourself is different, yo. Or, or, or two. But you don't need a thousand people. I'm telling you, less is more a lot of times, yo. Yes. For real. I agree. You know, I'm going to wrap this up right now. We're close to that 6-0. But just to sum it up, you know. I think that we have to, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, we have to start with ourselves and then branch it out from there. Until you specifically as a person know who you are, what you need, what you require, what you can give, how you can contribute, you're just going to be a fingernail in society. But the minute you understand Uh your purpose is the moment that you can move that much um, faster towards the role that you're supposed to play in its totality. If anybody's listening to this and has gotten this far, yay, you're amazing. Let us know what you think. You can message us on underscore she say, he say. You can message us. Any of us, you can message, you know. And as for me, and I know with a lot of others, if you have any opinions, you know, it can definitely be, um, put up there anonymously or we can put your name up there and we can continue to have this discussion offline and um, we do do lives um, and you can always catch us on there as well but like I said you know you guys just work towards building a better 
life for you, for yours, for theirs. It all starts one day at a time. Once you find that purpose and you work towards that purpose, you will be that much more important in the grand scheme of things. You guys have an amazing night. We are logging off from She Say, He Say, and be blessed.